For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, folks, here we go. We got Quan Cosby, Nick Kreider, Alex Disopoulos, and I'm Joshua Fisher. This is the Horns Up podcast, talking Texas, so get your horns up. Here we go. We're back, everybody. Episode four. Episode four. That means we have been doing this for a month. Craziness, craziness. A month has gone by. The four of us compadres. It feels like it's been a while, which is a good thing for the chemistry, but it also has feels, you know, it's like we're just the start of this thing, which is super exciting. Um, chomping at the bit. First major scrimmage was this Saturday. Quan, you were there in attendance. We've read up on it, uh, heard some quotes from Sark. Would love to hear your thoughts on it and then kind of compare what's been written about uh, in the media. What's up, fellas? Always good to be back with you, gents. Uh, Quan's got a new mic, guys. I got a new mic. Look, I'm official now. Crisp crisp sound, yeah. Coming on up in the world, baby. Skippy smooth, man. (laughs) But no, man, it was cool, man. And I, different phases uh, to kind of give some feedback on. First and foremost, it was really cool for a lot of us as guys. Uh, there, there's probably man, twenty plus Letterman there, and oh, really, wow. You know, again, I, not that Coach Herman didn't invite guys or have that welcoming kind of perspective, but Sark very early on, one of the first things he did was try to get on the horn with a lot of folks, and you can just tell that his actions are speaking just as much as his words. So it was so cool to see all the guys. And uh, side note, we got to take a hard hit had kind of view and tour of the South end zone and holy guacamole, man. Fortunately, we're the type that we, we want everybody to win. Mm-hmm. But if I had an ounce of a jealous heart, what we used to go into versus what these cats are getting, holy yeah. cow, man, it is insane. Like the, the locker room renovations, the training room renovations, I mean, it is, I mean, they're even renovating elevators. It's just phenomenal what they've done over there. That $200 million project looks every bit of it. And then when you kind of see where the Iraq poles have been in their world and you go into kind of a certain section, he's like, dude, this is insane. Like, this is something I may want to invest in. It was pretty cool. You know, it was really, really cool. And, uh, and it's been, and of course we've talked about it before. He's like, especially with the games that are about to be in DKR. So he he was, he was really fired up. So kudos to all the teams, the people working insanely hard to try to get that finalized. But it was, um, I, I saw when the 14 or however million went on the, the, uh, locker room and I was super impressed and this blows it out of the water. So it's uh pr- pretty cool to that. see. And then uh, the football piece of it, man, it was, um, there were some shining spots. Uh, you know, Stark talked about the defense. I, I thought they, they really made some plays. They got some turnovers mm-hmm. and then, um, offensively, uh, <laughs> It's really easy to talk about B. John Robinson because he's just that dude. I mean, it's it's insane. You see it in all practice. year, dude. All year long, you see it in the game. Um, but but then really, uh, it, it was just uh, Jerry Wiley made some plays. Uh, Let's go. Kind of the one thing guy. that we, we we that I haven't heard on the horn. And uh, but uh, Jerry Wiley made some really big plays, and I think he's going to be a huge player for you. as good as his. He had a day one body before, mm-hmm. and it's. Even more. I didn't think anybody at six five, six six, whatever six seven could get bigger. But he just—he looks jack. He's running well. If he keeps, if it gets there between the ears, I'm talking top fifteen pick type dude. So Let's go. super fun to see him. Uh, maybe a, a career in the WWE. Maybe. It was—it was just cool <laughs> to see, man. Cool to be out there. Um, 
I, I, I had the luxury of being on the sidelines. So what I knew about these guys is that they don't give up. They work hard. They want to win. And, and I think uh, that's what I saw again Saturday. It wasn't perfect. Um, the, the quarterback situation, I think Sark said it. And I want to talk about that because I thought that was really cool. You could tell somebody they didn't have their best day without, you know, just punching them in the gut. And that's what he did. He said, I think both players would say they could have been better. They weren't satisfied with what they were from a quarterback standpoint. And that's what it was. And, you know, I talked a little bit about the, the, the turnover situation. And I know Sark harps hardcore on taking care of the ball, especially when you have a B. John Robinson and, and Roshan and, and that crew back there. But I think that's one of the issues, you know, I really, I think the, the quarterbacks are being so careful that it's, it's messing up timing. They're a little bit late on the throw They're, you know, fortunately they both have great legs and that's going to work out when, when the, when the real game rolls around. But now I just, I think the difference for me is take those chances, fire the ball, yeah. let guys make plays. A couple of guys are out. It's, it's, you know, everybody knew Joshua Moore was out and yeah. Uh, Dixon, I believe as well, but still you have more than capable guys out there. So I just see them being really hesitant and like extra careful. And you factor in a new playbook as well. That, that, that's going to happen. But uh, for the first scrimmage, uh, I think it was pretty, pretty cool to see them out there going at it, but uh, certainly some, some work to be done too. Yeah. And he, yeah, Sark yeah, had mentioned, sure. he had mentioned that he wanted the wide receivers to separate themselves as well with Josh Moore, obviously being out. Jordan and Xavier have done well, but we want to see more from Troy. And I guess based on your commentary, that kind of bleeds into it. Like these guys are playing very safe, not taking those chances, which in Sark's offense, you kind of need to. You kind of yeah, need to yeah. be, you can't be afraid to have those explosive plays. Uh, I, I'm stoked about the tight end situation now. I mean, it's, I'll never forget. I mean, it's ironic. We talk about like turnovers and take care of the ball. And one guy that had come to my mind that was such a big body in college was Kelvin Benjamin, like a six, five monster. And then like, obviously Jamin was Jameis Winston is synonymous, uh, synonymous with turnovers. Um, but he, I remember how valuable he was with that Florida state team. And especially when we have a guy like Bijan in the 15 yard line, in the 10 yard line to be able to mix that up and kind of, you know, so they don't just stack the box on us. We have that big right. threat in the red zone is going to be massive. And I think in the NCAA, size is such so much more of a factor than it is in, in the NFL yeah, because totally. everyone's big in the NFL. Right. But yeah. in college, I mean, some of those corners are barely six foot, you know what I mean? And, and I mean, that just size will definitely take you out of a ball game. If, if you can't keep up with those big boys. Yeah, no, so, for sure. And that's, that's what was crazy. So again, you got all these league, these guys who played in a league on the sideline, but they were talking about the size of even the corners. Like there's some big dudes out there. I mean, like, uh, again, right. the look test, I think we talked about it the last time from a practice standpoint, they look the part and defense won and that they were hidden. They were making the sure tackles. Sure. Now Good. I say that, you know, Bijan is going to make a lot of people miss. So that's just, he, he did make a couple of casts look silly, but for mm -hmm. the most part, everyone else, they were right there. Even if they gave up a play, they made sure they got them down. And, and they weren't giving up those crazy explosive plays, which, you know, it's funny because I appreciate Sark's perspective on what looks good and what doesn't. Because the receivers, to me, actually caught the ball better than I've seen them in several years. Mm. And it was a catch for eight. And then it was a catch for 10. And there was a catch for four. But his perspective, if you go back to what he did at Alabama, he didn't see that catch for 60. That catch for 45. And I didn't either. And they, and they had a couple. Those are the shots that were missed that I think is his standard, his expectations that wasn't reached. So they certainly made some plays and, and, and you can still be productive as an offense with what I saw at the receiver group, but Sark has a little bit different expectations yeah. and that's a dang good problem to have. You need well, those big plays. I mean, you look at Alabama and they were making them all season long and you look at a team like us for the past three or four seasons and you have maybe like five deep balls a season then i can count on my finger how many i've seen and with bama it's just non-stop yeah i'm trying to five think. in one quarter yeah exactly, exactly. The, the rock paper scissors game is like <laughs> the rock paper scissors game they used to play is always the funniest thing to me um do you think though that sark is gonna mold a little to the roster or the roster is gonna have to mold to him in a sense or kind of a marriage of both oh man you have to and i think the number one job of a coach and at every level is yeah. All right, here's our skill set. How do we maximize that skill set? 
Um, I think that that's a great question because I think that was the issue last year. Yeah. It was, it was almost like, I love this movie. Remember the Titans coach booms, like, boom, this is what we're going to do. Just do it well and see if they can stop us. You can't do that. in at this level. And so I think he's, he sees it every day. I, again, I, the amount of balls either targeted or thrown at tight ends. I was so pumped about because we just haven't seen it for years. Again, certain levels of trying to scheme and it was, it was practice. It was a scrimmage. It was a close scrimmage. So you're not going to put it all out there, but he he's figuring it out. Who's making the plays. What, what are they running? He's huge on no one having a position X, Y, Z. No, you better know the X position, the Y, the Z, the everything. And, and you could just see him trying to figure that piece of it out. So he's going to motor them and, 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 um, and now it's just up to them to uh, make their case for, for the more and more playing time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Did you, see, did you see anything? Obviously, you know, we mentioned it already, how Sark was talking about the quarterback play and how, you know, both of the guys probably would have liked a second chance, uh, you know, just another run at it and some hesitancy. And obviously that hesitancy can hurt you as a quarterback. You have to be a quick decision maker, especially when you're looking downfield. Um, I heard today that Hudson got first string reps and more reps than Casey did. Do you think there was anything that was telling that you saw on Saturday that, you know, that doesn't surprise you about that information coming out today? Or is it kind of still just feel like a, you know, it's, it could be either of them and we still have a lot to see. We have a whole lot to see, man. I, I, I really do. And, and, and I think they both got a, a pretty good amount of, of reps. And, and the last scrimmage I saw before this one, um, I don't know that Hudson got any reps with, with, with the ones. And so he's trying to figure it out. And, and he's taking those, in my opinion, those things into consideration. And going back to the making the quick decisions, I got to give a shout out to my man, Rob Babers, who's on the, the local radio. And I listen to him and he's all about stats. And he was talking the other day and said the craziest stat. He said in Sark's offense last year, you know, uh, the Matt Jones, how often, and I don't know how they come up with these stats, by the way, but I think it was like mid to late 70s percent made the throw on his first read. That's an insane thing. So you, of course, oh, you got to know your progression and all that. No, you have to know the offense at a level that schematically you and Sark are on the same page because he's going to scheme that guy open. And then you're going to have to going back to the hesitancy. Well, you're not on time. If you're going to that second and third read in historical Sark offense, you're not, you're not, you're, you're not making the right decision mm-hmm. because he's going to scheme it around and, and, and put you in the best position possible. And, and when you're talking, I mean, that's a massive number, uh, you know, 70 plus percent Matt Jones, you know, made through it to the first read. So just know the offense on that level, trust what's going on. And uh, I don't think that's what he's seeing. I don't think he, he's seeing a quick enough decision by either guy on that first read and knowing the offense at a level, which by the way, first scrimmage of camp, you, you, there's a yeah. progression here. There's it's, it's, as much as Allen Iverson say at practice in this sport, the ultimate team sport, you need every bit of it. Oh, yeah. So that's what they're doing. Yeah. And he said guys look better in practice anyway, in the scrimmage. There could be some jitters. Obviously, the pressure's on for the quarterbacks. Um, and I, it, like, it makes sense. And it makes sense why Mac Jones went to the team he did in the NFL. It's one of the quickest teams about, you know, just peppering balls five yards out, six yards out. And obviously, you know, we discussed that there was, you know, not a lot of 70-yard balls. But getting those quick balls out is first and foremost most important, keeping the chains moving and, and keeping the defense on their heels um, at any level. And I'm glad you mentioned remember the Titans because we always have a running joke. I have no ink on my body, but when I do get that first tattoo, it's going to be on my leg. It's going to be the X's and O's of the backside George reverse. Uh, the last play there, <laughs> the last play they run to win the States over there. Yeah. Um, running backs though. I mean, Toss, you had mentioned last time that two guys you were looking at were Keelan and Roshan. And it was another great thing to hear Sark come out and say that obviously we, we all know what Bijan is, but he really had a, a lot to say about Roshan's physicality in the scrimmage and he loved what Keelan did. And he really thinks there were a few guys deep at that position, which, you know, hopefully 
Keelan and Roshan could take some of the load off Bijan early. So by the time we do get to that Iowa State game late in November, by the time we do get to the Red River in mid-October, I mean, Bijan's not worked into the ground. He's not 20-plus yard, 20-plus carries in the first three games that we could probably or presumably win without, you know, running him into the ground. Oh, and we got a beast in, of course, Deshaun Jameson at the return game, but Keelan oh, yeah. is huge in that. I mean, he, the guy can go. Now, Deshaun's yes. different level. He may he may be a very low 4-3-4-2 guy when, when that time comes for him, but Keelan's every bit of maybe late 4-3-4-4. So um, his, his physical nature, putting both of them back there, yes, certainly taking some of the load off of Bijan, but – Special teams, man, I, that gets me fired up. The, the level of emphasis I see and the level of competition, um, it, it doesn't look any different like it did back in our day. It doesn't look any different than when you're going ones-on-ones, you know, on offense and defense. And it's the same thing at the special team level. And, man, even, you know, you know, Michael, he's – I don't know that he missed – not Michael – Cameron, I'm going back to Dixon. That's how good Cameron Dicker looked last week that I'm calling him Dixon. But um, that's how good Cameron <laughs> looked. Like, that's and by the way, yeah. that's how Matt. That dude got MVP in a bowl game, so you know that's a big deal. But uh, uh, Cameron Dicker, I mean, what he's doing, Dixon's cousin was booting the ball pretty good. Yeah, Cameron was right there with him, if not a little bit more. And I. Usually, we know he can kick the ball a long way. Oh, they got legs. He got yeah. a leg. But apparently he likes to punt, too, which is <laughs> what you want to see on every level, every position. Competition matters and put your best players out there. So it yeah. was just cool to see even on that level. It's it's intense. It's as good of a competition as we've seen in quarterback at dang near all the positions. Now, I yeah. think for the most part we know he's going to be running back, but every other position, they're going at it. Yeah, but to okay. have the the versatility to you know you're in the shotgun you run the split back and you throw Keelan out and in, in motion or something and then you know he's 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 doing different things and he's presenting different options and then you might have to pay attention to him or Bijan goes out and, and you know and he's he's getting out on the outside like these guys can catch balls too they're they're that's what a running back has to be this day and age and we're gonna take every advantage that we have and if it's Ultimately, like I think Sark is the type of guy where he's going to put the best players out there and the wide receivers. I think, you know, it seems like they have a little bit of stepping up to do. And obviously some of that, some of that is guys weren't playing right guys that still that didn't get the chance to get out there. Like, like Josh Moore, but Joshua Moore, excuse me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we want mom to get on you, man. Yeah, yeah. We got to yeah. practice. We know mom's going to come on at some point someday and we got to be ready for it. He's got to yeah. work it into our bodies. But, but point being, having a lot of those options, especially as we're figuring out who is going to be uh, under center, taking the snaps back there is is really helpful to just present them with as many weapons as possible. So that that gets me excited. That depth, that competition, that's what we like to hear. Well, and Keelan, he has soft hands, man, really good hands. I mean, him snatching the balls. That, you could just kind of see certain, you know, Roshan actually catches the ball really well. But he came in as a quarterback. He's still growing into that position on so many levels. Uh, when, when you see Bijan and Keelan catch the ball, I mean, they're snatching it, you know, like their receiver. Like, right? no, no question whatsoever that they're not going to be comfortable. There's such a comfort level. So those weapons, we see it with um, – what's my man from the Saints? Kamara? All right, yeah. Um, I mean, that dude is so freaking good. Yeah. Yes, running the ball, slippery as it gets, but – Get him in that space and Lord have mercy. It's, it's, it gets real out there real fast. I mean, that's just the modern day running back these days. McCaffrey does it. Austin Eckler does it. Saquon Barkley. I mean, all the top running backs need to have hands. I mean, gone are the days where it's just tote the, tote the ball, you know, between the line of scrimmage. You got to go out there and catch a pass. Even Derrick Henry, honestly, in the NFL has to have the hands. He's throw- good for two 60 plus screen pass, <laughs> 60 yard screen passes where he just takes catches. Yeah. You got to catch the ball first before you run the 60 yards. So like it's part of it. Yeah. yeah, look, you, you, you wheel out Keelan, you know, you throw him in the flat and get him one-on-one with like a safety, a strong safety or like a linebacker where you can make a miss. I mean, the sky's the limit right there. The guy like that. In some conversations, you know, while we're on the subject of Sark, this is the big question mark for me is what has he learned from his first go around as a head coach to his new head, head next now 
current go around as a head coach. Cause obviously this isn't his first rodeo. He was at Washington, he was at USC, had his troubles, went back to offensive coordinator, did his thing at Bama. It's very different than we've done in the past. In the past, we've gone with a guy who was the coordinator, worked his way up into the smaller level head coach, crushed it there. And we took that chance with Herman. We took it with strong and neither panned out. Um, what have you, in your, your conversations with him, Quan, what have you been hearing about some of the differences and some of his takeaways from his first go around? Man, you know what I like about Sark more than anything is uh, first, even in the decision uh, with President Hartzell, um, L-Type, all those involved. The cool thing is what I've learned in talking to Coach Brown is the traditional way doesn't work at a place like UT. You know, you can go with, oh, he has to be a head coach. Oh, he has to be a big name. Really? He has to be a fit. And I'm blown away at how much Sark seems to be the fit. Yeah, he hadn't played a game yet, you know, and they, they hadn't coached a game yet. But he's so relational. He's so freaking relational. Weeks in, I told this story in Austin, uh, snowpocalypse is what we call it, happened in, in, in Texas, and the whole state shuts down. Well, coach shoots me a text. Like, hey, man, you got any, you know, got anybody let, let's give some you know food to the students who are still on campus let's do this i'm like oh i'm i'm in you know one of my clients taco deli was like deal we're in let's let's make it happen and he shot sark a text he shot cdc a text and cdc had been there so and cdc is all about showing up <laughs> and rapping and and talking your head off but Sark wasn't even, I mean, he was a week and a half, maybe two weeks, still in a hotel, needing to find a place, and he shows wow. up. And he shows up, and he's there for three hours. And, and we talk ball. We talk Austin. We talk what his lovely wife thinks of Austin to that point, although she hadn't been there much. And so that's the fit. You know, that, that's, that's the off-the-field stuff that it doesn't need to be, like, pushed or, or, or required. It needs to be just who you are and a part of it. We see that in David Pierce. We dang sure already see that in Chris Beard, who knows Austin as well as anybody because he's yeah. a graduate. Yeah. And that's where I'm like, man, it's, it's just mind boggling to see. And, and when we went to the scrimmage, the man has a lot of things on his mind and that, that he needs to get done. But he's walking over there just cutting up because he knows the importance. And really, it does mean something to him for guys to show up and, and to come back around. It's a family perspective. So, man, that's I can go on and on about just a fit versus the traditional way to get a guy and his X's and O's post, you know, West coast and all that. We, we know what he's capable of. We saw it, yeah. you know, last year and what, what their offense did, but it's really, it's so much more than that. I believe when it comes to UT and so far, you know, he, he seems like uh, it's super early, but he seems like the total package when it comes to being that right guy. Yeah. I mean, first impressions go so far. I mean, that's, that's just really it right there. He steps on campus and making an impact immediately and you know, not even on the football field. And, and he just goes to show what kind of guy he is. It just never seems forced, you know? It's, yeah. I was about I to say, isn't tough. that like in reflection, like I, I hate playing captain hindsight. It's really easy to do, especially being critical of someone after they've already gone. But like Tom Herman always felt kind of contrived, you know, it, it always, felt a little forced and if there's one thing that doesn't work at texas it's trying to bring in your own disposition and your own strong opinions without melding them into what already exists at texas right because there are so many strong opinions already there and Fun. they can bully you out of there if you're not ready to to <laughs> play with the big boys you know and so i think that like it's really it's really great to hear that it just sounds like that's who he is you know yeah. and that's what he wants to do and it's not like you said, Quan, it's not forced. Yeah. I yeah. And there's some contractual things that all head coaches have to do. We've heard a million times. Oh, you have to do LHN. You have to do this. And he's just, I mean, from buddies and friends, they're like, holy cow. He's like, hey, you've done this before. It's, just, it's almost like a level of empowerment. It's like, uh, what worked before? How do we, you know, just put my twist on it, add my flavor to it. And a lot of folks in that position don't have that, that humility and that perspective and and they don't have that janitor you know recruiting person everybody in the building is so dang important for this thing to work perspective and that's what i've continually heard 
from everybody. You know, I'm, th th when we got checked in, there was Amy. A Amy's been there forever. She's sweet as all get out. Just that sense of woosah that you see with coming from the top. It it's very clear. It's very evident. And that's that's a good sign for this early on. And honestly, it's insane to me for it to be this early on, crazy COVID times, for there still to be that kind of sense of calm that I haven't seen in, in several, several years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was just so jacked up. I mean, strong, the drop off from Brown's regime to Strong's regime was so, was so steep, honestly, that it even bled into Herman, who tried to do too much and overdid it. I mean, this what what you're sold on coming at coming to Texas is the alumni network is the family center athlete or not, you know, how strong of a family history it is, how strong the history of Texas is. And it seems like Sark's embracing. It seemed like you're talking about having 20 lettermen there at the scrimmage and having yeah. the alumni at present, how important that is. And having these guys, these, you know, legends, these guys who contributed to make the football program, what it was to give us that one championship we've had, even though we walk around like we've had a bunch, but that one championship, <laughs> that one championship we've had, we haven't had a lot of them. I you know, know, but that one we've had, you know, and the ones we at least went to, uh, you know, with Cole and like the, all those guys that contributed are major pieces. Like Rock was a major piece. He's a major alumni. He's a huge pick. Super success in the NF success story in the NFL. I mean, to have that guy back in, you know, obviously I haven't been impressed, but to welcome him in, welcome someone like you in, have yep. Vince Young come back and speak. I mean, that's what it's about, you know, making sure these guys feel welcome. I mean, you don't want it. You want it to be the opposite of what we've seen with the, I guess I'll use the New York Knicks as an example, where Oakley can't even get in the building, where Patrick Ewan's, I know, getting, padded, Patrick Ewan's getting patted down coming into the garden where he should be carried in. I mean, yes. these guys, I mean, look, you contribute like that. You know, and as long as you're a good citizen still, you should be welcomed in with open arms. And it's, and it's, it's something that I heard really early on that Sark, you know, put, you know, an emphasis on is having former guys who've made it to the league, guys who came through the program to talk to these young players as well. And, you know, make sure that, you know, we get their heads right and they, they let them know that there's a, a bigger goal in mind, you know. Yeah. Yo, and, and I remember even going back to the spring game, I saw Okafor, I saw a few guys and they're like, man, I haven't been back on this campus in years. And of course, me being on radio, it's crazy. That's so. I know, crazy. isn't that wild? Yeah, I, me nuts. being on radio, I was like, "Whoa, I've been on it a lot." But then, and the more I thought about seeing Kenny Vaccaro, just so many guys, even the, the different eras, who didn't all have Mac the entire time, hadn't been on the campus. Um, unfortunately, the Charlie Strong thing was all wild, but they did love him. And yeah. unfortunately, mm -hmm. the way it transitioned, they hadn't been on campus, but. Already those guys from a Sark standpoint and the new regime's like, nah, we're back. You know, th these guys are the real deal and, and it feels good. And it feels like it did, you know, back in the days. So it's, he's doing a lot of good things from that standpoint, culturally. Mm -hmm. Well, majority of these guys are being recruited thinking that they can get to that next level after Texas. Right. Dang and on. so you have to, you have to cater to these guys. You have so many individuals who are in the NFL currently who have been in the NFL, like yourself, Quan, where y'all are just, you're just full of knowledge, a wealth of knowledge and information and of experience that these guys should want to talk to and do yeah. want to talk to. Like, it's great that we always see a clip of Matthew McConaughey talking <laughs> to the team right? Like it's fantastic. It hypes us up, especially Although, hey, people who most of the kids on that field don't even know his movies are so young. Yeah. Right. Right. I, yeah, that's that, for sure. That's an excellent point. Like at the beginning of a fourth quarter as a fan, when he comes out on, you know, <laughs> and he starts beating his chest, does it make me freak out? Yeah, absolutely. When I was, when I was a student there, but like to the guys that are playing down after down, there have to be other individuals who are brought yeah. forth in front of them to inspire them that they can relate to like and yes could he go do i think he could be a good football player if he were 30 years back and like <laughs> he certainly you know, maybe, does he you know yeah, yeah i'm sure yeah. He, he, he could get in character and he could do a fantastic job but like i if i were playing for texas right now i would want to be talking to guys that were in the nfl yeah. who represented that community it's you like know, a mentorship program, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And I don't know how many other colleges actually do that and like, you know, getting all of their guys back there to talk to players, but it's such a smart move. Yeah. Well, we saw that on our other show, the other show we run when we interviewed Corey Kispert out of Gonzaga, he was talking about how him and Sabonis are going to get food when he's in Indiana and they didn't even play together. 
I mean, yeah. you know, and bringing a guy like, especially now when we hear, you know, like BJ Foster's a senior, he's high on Josh Thompson. He's loving what Schooler's doing as a grad, as a grad transfer, you know, our, our safeties are big. Our defensive backs are big. You know, it's a big part of what makes our, def- our gonna, what's going to make our defense roll. And having a guy like Kenny Vaccaro, who's a former first round pick back in the mix, who hasn't really been on campus in years is oh, massive. Yeah. Of course, they have a Huff every day, but and Huff yeah. texts us too, and he's like, "Hey, let's go." I'm gonna tell you the coolest part out of all of it. All of that's great, and then you even have Casey Stutter cooking the barbecue for the for the post game meal. So man, yeah. it was it was sweet. It. it was it was a good time, and and at first, you know, a lot of our guys were like, "All right, we're gonna go for a little bit," but then when you get that atmosphere, oh, we all were there for three and a half hours. You know, we, we didn't want to leave. It was it was it was like the old days in the locker room. And then, of course, Whitfields and Casey can absolute kill it on the on the smoker. So it was, oh, it, was it was it was pretty sweet. Was How much great. easier is it as well when you have former teammates that are now coaches like like Gideon's there and, and Huff is there? I mean, it's, it makes it much easier for guys to come up and show up to practice. Right. Dude, that's such a good point, man. I, I was laughing and right before it. Well, right when they ended. Um, of course, Gideon needs to go talk to his guys, but he ran over and all you see is big bear hugs, man. He was like, yeah, man, we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. And, and again, and he, in, in that level of, you know what, if he says we're getting there, then he's, he's not BSing me. Yeah. I, I know where he is. He's going to shoot as straight as it gets and his level of development, you know, they got, that's, that's a four-year starter there four-year letterman. So that, that level of stuff is so big for these guys. And last but not least, he bleeds burn orange. Oh yeah. My last few years. And even some of the folks around the campus, I'm like, you know what? They're cool. They're super nice people, but they don't like UT. They don't love UT as much as I do. So I I'm, I'm a little annoyed with that. And, and now my love and our love and, and most of ours is pretty crazy. Um, but that's what we need. That's what that place is. And so great freaking point. And so good to see Blake and, and it looks good. He's, I'm proud that he's back on campus, and those those kids are gonna they're gonna it's gonna be a valuable freaking coach for a lot of them. Yeah, for sure. Think, uh, yeah, and again, circling back to Sark at the top, you know, bleeding burnt orange, and it's I could based on the discussion that we've been having, it seems like he does. You know, it's it's something that with both the, the UT football program and he they need each other. This is it. He's looking for a second opportunity, and this is gonna. I'm excited to see. If and when he succeeds, I'm going with the when because I, yeah. this is it, man. This is our, my fourth head coach since I've been there, and I'm hoping it's one of the last. And, you know, it's in Sark, this is his second go around. I think it's going to teach a, a big lesson without him having to say what the lesson is to a lot of these players. You know, it's going to, he's going to excite grad transfers to come through and give them second opportunities because he's a guy that made it on a second opportunity. It's a great point. And I think it's, you know, the second chance. It's going to prove a lot just by his actions, you know, and succeeding here. It's funny you say that because I, I was having this conversation with Ricky. And he, Ricky is, he's, he's so deep in this such a simple way. And, I, and I've told a couple of people this, that Ricky said that. And I was like, yeah, you know, I, was, I said, I wish people, you know, which you can't. It's a part of him. And he talks a lot about his past. I was like, man, I, I hope people can not hold it against him. Let the man be, be the new person. And Ricky said, you know, Q. You know, if somebody don't have a pass, that's the person I don't trust. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it's so profound. <laughs> so it's like, true. It's so real. He's like, man, we all have something. None of us is perfect. Yeah. But if we get that opportunity, go kill it, go take advantage. And yeah, that, that's what I see in him and, and that level of humility, too. You know, it just it, it adds to that level of humility. Like, hey, guys. And, and by the way, think how that resonates with the with the players, you know, they. I know I had some situations in my home life and I'm like, dang, this guy, he wouldn't judge me for my home life and my past right. or my situation. He's kind of had his own situations and, yeah, and like, by the way, too. he's successful now. Yeah. You know? And so that's, that, that's inspiring to be honest with of you on, on so many levels and, and, and opens up that relationship and an avenue of trust that I just don't know that has been there for a few years. And, and I'm really hesitant. Uh, I like Charlie a lot, still, still keep in touch with him. But I wasn't sure. And, 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 and Tom, we were cool. But I've had more phone conversations with uh, Sark than I had in Tom in four years. And it's not me initiating it. I, I try to stay out of the way. 
And, um, and by the way, I'm like lower on the tier of guys. So I can't imagine who he's talked to and that's what it is, man. He just, it's it just, it's amazing. So to your point of when that's how I feel, I've, I haven't felt like this since Matt left Mac left of no, this guy is going to be successful and, yeah. and he is going to be been that sure. Um, now we have to be patient, but he's going to be successful. Yeah. I'm glad that he's making calls for foreign players. I'm still waiting on my call, but. Um, <laughs> um, it's coming. It's coming. But, yeah. no, but, you know, He'll you, get to the walk-ons eventually, baby. He's got you, man. You, you come put it through. in perspective though, of, of guys handling adversity and like overcoming challenges. And I remember when I was there with Charlie, he'd bring in guys every single week to come talk to our team who have gone through tremendous adversity. Right. And not even to talk about football, just to talk about life in general. Cause like, obviously he was really big on making us better men, but that could just go such a long way for a culture. And what Ricky's saying is if, if they don't have baggage or if they don't have a past, then you don't trust them. And that is so true. Yeah. Yeah. If everybody in the world gave you their two cents, you'd have like $300 million. You just got to decide what to do with it kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> that, that whole situation. But like, no, I mean, you learn from your experiences and a lot of these guys come in with crazy backgrounds and stuff that they've been carrying with them their whole lives, but aren't necessarily public. I mean, for what it's worth, Sark's whole story is public. I could go on his Wikipedia and I could read it. It's the, everyone knows it. Every player that's coming in knows it. Everyone that's coming to recruit knows it. Everyone's parents who are sending their kid to Texas to take a visit on a recruiting trip knows it. And the fact that he's willing to, you know, step up and has the has the balls, for lack of it, to kind of go for it again, because this could be it. This could really be his last shot. You know, and some guys are cool and there's no shame in it and taking that offensive coordinator job and riding it out at Bama and being, hey, look, I'm going to chill here. I'm going to keep winning. I'm going to make my money. And if maybe one day I'll take over for Saban, maybe one day I won't. Regardless, I'm going to have bling to show for it. But no, he really wants it and he's not afraid to hide who he is. And so it's really exciting. Um, And it's, you know, it's, it's crazy that this is, he's about to get his first game on September 4th. And the poll is out. We'll discuss that. We're 21 boys, which like, I'm, I'm not, I've, weirdly enough, like this is the first time I'm for, I'm glad we're in the top 25 first and foremost. If the Raging Cajuns were in the top 25 and we were not, I, in Coastal <laughs> Carolina, I would have been like, okay, what are we doing here? Like we just, what kind of headlines are we trying to make on Twitter? Um, <laughs> but we're 21. It's crazy that our first ranked game is not against Arkansas, not against TCU. It is against the Raging Cajuns. Um, so we have, a, we have a good chance to, you know, beat a ranked opponent in our opener. How do you guys feel about the ranking from respect standpoint and also from a standpoint of like expectations? Do you think it's fair? Are you happy we're here? If we were in the top 10, is it too far? Uh, what are everyone's initial gut check reactions? I mean, I, I like not being in the top 10 ranked preseason. That always gives us a chip on our shoulder, right? Yeah. I mean, there's always a target on your back when you're on the top 10 and, you don't, you know, fulfill anything. So I like being kind of lower in the rankings, but I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm glad we're playing against some ranked opponents. I mean, the big 12 is definitely getting some love this season. Iowa state's in the top 10. Yeah. Which is great. I bet it is, is, it isn't, it isn't though. Right. Cause we're, we're the third ranked big 12 team. It's true. There's only three in the top 25. I mean, mm-hmm. looking ahead a little bit to the conference, we're going to be participating in, next year like that's where all the action is and it's it's all up at the top right or or scattered throughout that top 25 i mean i think a lot of love has been given to teams out of kind of the the main conferences you know it's a good it's a good feeling to be in that top 25 but not be in the top 20 i think it's a it's the perfect chip on our shoulder that we need to really motivate us and then you know if the, if it happens this way and we're undefeated five and zero at a certain point in the season or, you know, wherever we are and we start to get up into that upper echelon of all the other teams, it'll feel right. Right. It'll feel deserved. It'll feel on the, a reward for our merits as to what we've done and put together as a team. So I, I think it's a, I think it's a good spot to be in. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree, man. I, I, um, so much. It's funny because there's a lot of reasons. One, you put on the burn orange, I don't care who you play. They're going to play two and three notches better because they want to knock you off. They want to beat you, um, they, you know, for, for whatever reason. They, they, we, we know we have that target on our back. We just added way more to that target. We're going to the ACC, all the unknowns, all the craziness, especially within the Big 12. 
And so now this is something to say, hey, calm down. Um, sure, you know, we, we, we all have a lot of guys coming back, but y'all haven't proved anything in us yet. You have a great coach who won a natty last year, but that was Alabama. Yeah. That wasn't you guys. And so I think they're going to respond and that's going to add their level of intensity. It's going to say, Hey, we haven't arrived. Cause I think there's a level of kind of, and it's absolutely a, you know, assumption and speculation, but there's kind of, there was some complacency in my opinion where there was times they thought that, that, that Longhorn was going to get him a dub. And I, I would beg to differ. I think it does the total opposite. It's going to get the best, regardless of what you saw on film, they're going to play better, you know, especially on the road or even at home. So I think it adds to them, you know, saying, Hey, we, we, I know we got this great coach who won a natty or was a part of a national championship last year, but we have work to do. We, we have, we have to climb up that ladder and not just being kind of put up there because we are blue blood and you know, we, we, we do, we, we do make the most money and all that stuff. I'm tired of all the money stuff. I'm tired of win some football games. Yeah. That's what I'm ready for. So yeah. I think they'll respond great. So I love where we are. I'm glad we're not, you know, top 15, top 10, because I don't think we've earned that right. I'm all about right. earning and win, baby, win. Al Davis said it. If you want to go up the rankings, beat everybody you play. Well, that's the other thing is just looking to see the progression of the season, right? Like you win games and you keep moving down in the order right and you, you get a better ranking and so i think that's something to look at as well i mean it's kind of hard you know being in the top 10 or being in the top five and just like always looking over your shoulder to see who's coming for you i mean mm-hmm. it's easier to see what's in front of you yeah and watch yeah. teams kind of fall and like let them make the mistakes uh, like we see time and time again because these like look already georgia clemson square off week one so I'm not saying it's not like Georgia's going to lose that game and drop or, or Clemson's going to lose that game and drop all the way back. But that's one team in the top five that we're going to have with one loss. And I'm glad that we I'm glad that, you know, the Raging Cajuns are ranked. And it's I'm curious to see because I, I could tell you for a fact or almost for certainty that this Herman team would have come in like, oh, I don't get why they're ranked. That's a total joke. You know, we're going to come in. We're going to stomp them and maybe come out. A lot of the issues, you know, we've talked about it before. Those teams just never came out hot. They never came out like it was their house trying to own the place and, and establish, you know, and, and establish a tempo and establish the offense and play some smash mouth football from the jump. And no offense, I'm glad that that program, you know, you know, out of the Sun Belt is getting some love, but I want to go in there and beat them from the go. I want to yeah. prove to them versus versus us just talking about they shouldn't be 23. I want to prove to everyone that they probably shouldn't be 23 and they don't belong in the same conversation as us. And that a team like Oklahoma State or a team like TCU who are on the outside looking in, they're probably the 26, 27, 28th team ranked. You know, they'll be the next teams in, should be in that. And that when we do go to play Gary Patterson, uh, in TCU that we have the same kind of mindset because you know, he, he's going to come to play us. He always does. And that's a big game. And they're hopefully they'll be ranked too. And that's our fourth game. And by the time we yeah. do get to OU, you know, we're, we'll have a good five and O spot. And then that game really means something. Um, well, we're also like, we have the luxury of, we can like, you know, Quan and Nick, you, you as guys who played for the team, Josh and I as, as fans and, student and alumni alumni uh we have the luxury of being (laughs) between 20 and 25 and knowing that all we need to do is win our games like there are not a lot of schools that have that same luxury but if texas wins out we know where we'll end up by nature of what our university is what it represents what it stands for in the grand scheme of college football and it just makes it simple. Like, so keep that simple mindset and just take care of business game in game out. Don't, don't get too far ahead of yourself. Like, like you're saying, Josh, like what it seemed to be with some of those Herman teams is that they were looking ahead on the horizon at that Texas OU game or at Oklahoma state or TCU, whoever it was. Um, But yeah, just, just take care of business one game at a time. I mean, unfortunately that's not the way it is for teams like Lafayette and coastal Carolina. They could win out and they might, they might not make it. Yeah. Louisiana only had one loss last year and and weren't even close to any of a playoff talk. So they happened to them like three seasons in a row. Yeah. And so no, you got to take care of business. The cool piece is with them being ranked. I mean, they beat the, 
crap out of, you know, the seventh ranked team, or at least on the poll, we saw Iowa State, a, a power five, big 12 team, who, by the way, in turn beat us. So yeah, our guys are crazy if they're going to go in there with any ounce of arrogancy. They have to work. These guys are going to be fired up, even if it's in Austin. So it's going to be cool. Now, the way they beat them was in special teams, early season, first game, a lot of special teams mistakes. Louisiana return, I think a punt or a kick for a touchdown. And that's why it's funny because it goes back into I'm getting so fired up that the level of emphasis on them, I feel like we're going to be better prepared to have less mistakes and that'll eliminate maybe some of their success that they had versus Iowa State. So um, I think going back to Sark and, and the whole progress of it all and even the ranking, I think we're I think we're where we need to be. And, and, and I like from a preparation standpoint how we're preparing and uh, with that game coming up because it won't be easy. I, I think I saw somewhere we have I know a top five, maybe even top three hardest schedule in, in, in college, uh, really from a college kind of power five, something like that ranking this year. So we're going to have to play. And by the way, like I said it a million times, we just added some, some fuel to that fire. So yeah. uh, what, but the cool thing is what I saw Saturday is they know it and, and they'll, they'll be ready to punch back. Good. That's like, well, that's what we wanted to hear. Uh, obviously Iowa state, this is, as it comes to no surprise, I'm sure to anyone listening to the show, the, this is the highest they've ever been ranked in the AP poll. And, uh, Little, little props to them. They they just uh, they're setting a school record streak of being 14 consecutive weeks as a member in the top 25 AP. So congrats on that. Let's go. Let's go get them. That's what I'm saying. Lou. I, I know it's oh, one game thing. at a time, and those games. Not I was. I said that Iowa State game. I think on the show was the most important game of the season to me because if we win that Iowa State game, I'm very confident the only, the max the only other loss we would have had would be OU. I'm knocking on wood. But that game doesn't mean a thing if we don't take care of business beforehand on the yeah. other games. And that's the funny thing, Iowa State. And Coach Campbell is I, – I, dude, I could sit here and listen to him. I love him. His pressers. He's just – the way he goes about it. And as much as it hurts me to say, his players, that five-star culture versus five-star players, it, go, it goes back to what I hated about the freaking SEC, saying um, it just means more. They'll still cut, cut a little bit more when actions speak louder than words. And so um, kudos to the job they've done. However, I go back to that comparison, man. We Even we won a lot back in the day, Nick and all that. Dude, Oklahoma State was dang good. Yeah. Dude, when we won, Kansas won an Orange Bowl. Missouri was a top five team. And it's not an arrogance. It's an expectation, but we should beat them. We need to be the better team and we need to consistently beat them. Coach Brown, if you're consistently good, you'll be great. If we want to be great, even those guys in the top 10, we should take care of business. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent on that. Uh, we'll let everyone rock and roll, but do you want to give some shout outs to some guys who took care of business, not in college, but in the NFL, quick shout outs. We won't, we won't delve into it too long. Our boy, our QB one, Sam, he's like one of the, he's like, is he one of the top five QB ones of all time in Texas? He's got to be just what he embodies. Maybe not necessarily. He may not have the skill that VY had or that Colt had, but just as far as his soul and what he embodied and his, because I, I saw the highlights of the tech game the other day, it just literally showed up on my Instagram feed. And I was like, how did this kid come back it was just mind-boggling yeah. how he lit that one game was one of the best most willed games by a quarterback and Carson went to the off engine unfortunately because you never want to you never ever even though if you have a guy from your alma mater behind him you never want a guy to get hurt in the pros or any kind of level right. but Carson Wentz may not be ready for week one and Jacob Eason and Sammy are dueling it out so got to give a shout. Although he had a turnover, he bounced back and led him back to the week one preseason. Still the preseason, but it was a preseason win. So shout out to Sam. Shout out yeah, to Kaden. His teammate Tariq Black led the team in uh in uh, re uh, receiving yards as well. So yeah. he had a good good game. Yeah, Tariq. yeah, man. They're, 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 these guys. That's what's cool to see again. It's amazing when you're like, man. I feel like we're so close to turning. And clearly, I'm, I'm I love watching the league. I'm way more of a college fan, but. Again, we had 58 guys in the league uh, when, when we were there. 
it's you see more of these guys and you see more of these names and you see more guys uh osai how about my your first sack is on tom brady amazing <laughs> welcome to the league baby that's pretty sweet caden cerns you know a huge breakup um touchdown but you know pass breakup we're starting to see these rookies from texas get caught their name called again that's yeah. a big deal it's a very big deal Caden led the Broncos with uh, tackles as well. And, and uh, Osai led all rookies in preseason week one in pressures. He had five pressures. He, he might've broken his wrist, but uh, it's not going to keep him out for that long. Yeah. Well, and in, in the way he plays, unfortunately, he's going to have to deal with those nagging things, right. but I've, I've seen him first and he dealt with some nagging things versus Oklahoma state and actually took over that game by himself last year. So man, no, it's, it's so good to see now. It does make you wonder why we underperform because you got ballers on the team. Yeah, well, why yeah. guys like Caden care was, of it in yeah. the next level? But why these guys again, weren't first round picks or fit. Like why why Caden was like a fifth round pick or Osai was a second round pick or whatever he was third second or third round pick. And it's like you Osai could not have done any more than he did last year. There <laughs> right. were games where he literally was the the best player on both sides of the ball. And it was, it wasn't even close where you're watching with casual fans. Like, okay, who's that guy, you know, right. which on defense in college football is kind of crazy. Uh, when you're seeing that one guy make a difference and you just got to hope that, you know, Sark can help take the pedigree of the program, not only for the sake of wins and losses um, more so in the W's, but so these guys get a better shake and a fair shake at the next level. Because had we been a competitive team and had we been that top five team, Osai would have been a top 20 pick because everyone needs a pass rusher. Without a question. It was turns out been a third round pick. The way he could perform at the, I, I'm not a big combine guy because I think it, a lot of that stuff don't translate to football. Sure. But it's a big deal. And yeah. he absolutely murdered. Yeah. Murdered pro day. Murdered the combine. And so, yeah, to, to your point, when he, I don't know what he could have done more. And, and even early on, we're already seeing that he, he probably should have been taken early, but now with the way it's slotted, those second contracts are even bigger. So he needs to just keep doing his thing and it'll work <laughs> <Yeah. itself> out. <laughs> Sometimes they almost luck out that they don't have to deal with that fifth year. You can just get that. You know, oh, get through that's four 100%. And, they, and then get that 100%. money right there. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, gentlemen, one week closer, one week under our belts. Again, great week four. First month done with the boys and burnt orange over here at the Horns of Pod. I'm Joshua Fisher. That's Quan Cosby, Nicholas Kreider, and Alexander Tosopoulos. We got our horns up. We are ready to win some football. Hook them, guys. Hook them, baby. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.